Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hello, uh, welcome to Vet Tales. I am Dr. Natalie Keith. I am Dr. Jessica Eastep, and we are here at Northside Veterinary Hospital. Yes, Dr. Eastep, this is your first episode on, yes. on Vet Tales. How's it feel? It feels good. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dr. Eastep's been with us for over a year now. We're, we're cranking into the, the year two. two. Yeah, year yeah. two. And drug her onto the podcast already, <laughs> so yay. Um, today, we are talking about um, vaccinations, apparently... I didn't know this, but my office manager who keeps track of everything mm -hmm. said that August is National Immunization Awareness Month. Yeah, for, for dogs and cats. Yeah, yeah or animals pets, and animals. animals yeah. yeah, which she said actually now they're doing, I think, humans in the same month mm -hmm. too. She was like, she came in later and was like, wait, because oh, okay. I think it used to be in July, yeah. but now yeah. it's just all together. So, yeah. which makes sense because a lot of our diseases are zoonotic. Together. Yeah, they, what dogs can get, people can get a lot of the time. So, uh -huh. certainly important that. They go together, really. Honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, yes, uh, while we are different, we are also all mammals, and mm -hmm. a lot of these diseases can cross species. Yeah. So um, I think the biggest hurdle for me is when we start talking about immunizations is that there's a gajillion. Yes. Approximate, approximately. I think it's nearly a, a gajillion. Uh, it's, you know, roundabout, more or less. If you round there. to the nearest gajillion, yeah. it certainly it's is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, you kind of got to take it one bite at mm -hmm. a time. Mm -hmm. um, well, and a lot of companies make vaccines, but they're not really needed or effective. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, you got to start sorting through. And then not all vaccines are needed for every pet in every right. circumstance. Or every state. Or, yeah, in every area. Yeah. For sure. Like Lyme disease, we don't have in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. There is a vaccine for it. Mm -hmm. We don't carry it here because we don't have Lyme, because we don't right. have a white-footed deer mouse or yeah, whatever it is. Something like that. In Texas, they carry a lot of rattlesnake vaccines. But well, yeah. while we do have that here, it's not something super common. Yeah. And is the rattlesnake, I think, I feel like that vaccine is actually like you give it after the bite. Yeah. It's yes. not like a vaccine that you give well, to. I have been to clinics that are prophylactically. No kidding. Yeah, giving it, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Look at me learning today. Yeah. You're never too old to learn. Yeah. I'm not sure if that worked or not, but yeah, <laughs> something you, they did. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are the, like, how at risk does your pet need to be of a, rabi uh, of a rattlesnake mm -hmm. bite before you feel like the vaccine is worth it? I don't know. Is it expensive? I don't remember it being, but the clinics I were, worked at in Texas, um, they, I would probably saw three or four rattlesnake bites a day. Whoa. Yeah. So... They had it. Okay, um, well, yeah, because, like, I might see three or four snake bites a year, and they're yeah, usually copperheads, yeah. honestly, right, here. Yeah, right. Back home, uh, which was northwest Oklahoma, if a dog was bit by a snake, it was probably a rattlesnake. We right. really didn't have copperheads there. Right. So. Region dependent. Yeah, and that was only, like, three hours away. I know. So. Yeah, where I was was four hours away from here, so I thought it was crazy that yeah. they were seeing that well, much. Well, and what's weird is you're talking about three to four hours south, mm -hmm. and I was three to four hours north. Mm hmm So, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, point is... Vaccines can get really, really complicated really, really quickly. Yes. Um, so I guess for me, it's a little bit interesting because uh, Dr. Esep and I did a live, a Facebook live last week mm -hmm. about rabies, actually. But I still feel like it's maybe 
the one I want to focus on first today. Yeah, um, really, I, w- I would say it's the most important for all species uh, because rabies is fatal. Yeah, and um, it, it is uh, something that we as humans can get from animals, mm-hmm. and it's a big deal. Like, if you're even thinking you might have been exposed, you have to go through some pretty intense mm-hmm. yeah, prophylactic um, shots, and- shots and such that are no fun and very expensive and... Um, no fun. I know yeah. I said that once, but I feel like... It's really not fun. It's really not <laughs> and fun. And it is very expensive. It is very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Most insurances don't cover it. Yeah, but you got to do it. Yep. I mean, if you're even a little bit worried that you might have been mm-hmm. exposed. So um, so we call ourselves Vet Tales because I, I really like to incorporate real life stories for our own, from our own experiences. Um, do you, Have you ever had a rabies scare? Um, with me? No. Um, not within me or my personal animals, but I have seen animals with rabies. Okay, well, what was a what was the first animal you saw with rabies? A cow, of course. Yeah, nobody's thinking about the cow. No, a lot of people don't think of those large animals, but they're the ones that are out on pastures and mm-hmm. they're coming across um, wild animals that are the ones that are carrying rabies and giving it to our domestic animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking about the, again, I feel like it's a little, we feel like we just talked about this, but you guys haven't heard us. So, um, unless you watch the live, but, um, I think it's, you know, interesting because our large animals, the cattle and horses, um, they are the least likely to be vaccinated mm-hmm. and yet they're the ones out in the pasture all day long. So, uh, when a rabid animal, usually a skunk or raccoon in these cases, but also bats, of course, mm-hmm. um, they will, it, the rabies messes their mind up. And so it makes them aggressive. It paralyzes their swallowing apparatus. And so they've got all this drool everywhere, which is where the vaccine or where the virus is just like living. Living. Yeah. I mean, it's thriving in that saliva. Yep. So, um, so then basically, um, when they get, when, when a host becomes bit by a animal that is already carrying rabies, then they can contract the disease. And it's, it's, um, terrifying to me because of the amount of time that it can take. Right. And what was it up to six months? Up to six months. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on where the bite is. Right. Yeah. Because it has to, wherever the bite is, it travels from that bite to uh, the neurons in your body, and it has to travel all the way up to your brain uh, to be start showing symptoms of rabies that you classically think of. So if you're a bit on your butt, then it's going to take a long time to travel all the way to your brain. But if you're a bit on your neck, right, it's a lot closer. Yeah, or if you're like a horse that's really tall and you get bit on the ankle mm-hmm. versus like a cat, right? You know, it just doesn't take as long. But they do statistically say that six months is kind of the the max window, but like. Nobody wants to be in that window. No, no one. You don't want that anxiety, that thought, you know, having mm-hmm. to wait that long um, for your pet or yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, on how long that could take waiting to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, um, I've had a couple of different rabies incidences in my life that stand out. Um, one was, um, gosh, about eight years ago, maybe nine, and um, a family had this little, like, maybe four or five-month-old husky mix puppy Mm -hmm. come up to their house, and, like, they didn't know where it came from. Huskies are kind of known escape artists. Mm, Yes. Um, But they were taking care of it, and it had been at the house for, like, I don't know, a week or two, and they noticed it was kind of 
staggering and looking dazed. Yeah, and so the owners were like, they were pretty aware. They they immediately were like, oh no, what if this is rabies? Good. Yeah. Um. So they you know carefully kind of corral this 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 dog who's he was not aggressive at the time, but was clearly not. Uh, like aware, Normal. like yeah. like yeah, he was you know he was. Out just of out of it, yeah. Um, just kind of staggering about, kind of almost, almost seemed like he couldn't see well. Uh, was stumbling around and looked a bit frantic. So you kind of got this image in your mind of like, if I tried to get a hold of this dog and hold him to me, like you know, for to give him a shot or something like that, mm-hmm. a vaccine, uh, whatever. Like, the, there's a very good chance he's going to try to bite. Right, which is scary. Which is scary, because then, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the thing. You know, so uh, we are, Dr. Estep and I are vaccinated for rabies, but most people aren't. Um, so we get this dog into the clinic, and it's like, there's, yeah, I mean, it was, it was goosebump hair raising. Like, you just knew. Oh. And so it was sad. Um, you know, rabies is not a fun thing to talk about, because ultimately what we had to do in that situation was euthanize the pet. Um, and uh, sure enough, the test came back confirmative that, that it did have rabies mm. um and so it's the one of the family members had to undergo the prophylaxis um because yeah it's not a risk you take yeah that is not a risk you take at all yeah because if they've been handling this dog and they've got open cuts even yep. and get the saliva like mm-hmm. it's scary so if you ever see an animal like acting weird like that just don't go near them mm-hmm. um, just leave what them should alone. we do um, I recommend calling animal control. Yeah. Yep. I actually saw a skunk the other day. Um, oh, yeah. About yeah. a month ago. Um, and it was out in broad daylight, and it looked real funky. Yeah. Um, and it was wobbling and looked out of it and kept running into stuff. So I called animal control. Yeah. To come get it because I don't want anyone to get bit or anyone to touch it. No, because they'll run right up, up to people right. and bite them. Right. Uh, because the rabies, you know, makes them do that. Yes. It's just creepy. But... Um, and then skunks also, I think, is interesting as well as bats. They can just be carriers and be relatively normal, too, mm-hmm. which is why you should also, like, just leave them alone. Leave them alone. <laughs> Great idea. Um, yeah, and then my other story with the rabies was just recently um, there was a bat just laying dead on our sidewalk. And I haven't seen a bat in a long time, like, in a while. I like, like a, yeah, I, I remember, uh, terrifyingly, I remember catching one as a child and having it in a cup. I know. I didn't die. It was oh great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. Nobody even, like, sent up red flags. I didn't... I, anyway, so it's good news. Didn't die. Glad um, you're here with us today. Here today to tell the tale of when I caught a bat when I was in second grade. Um, have I always loved animals? The answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So, anyway, this dead bat. Well, my cats, I'll be honest, were behind on their vaccines up until... Like, about a month ago, I finally was like, I've got to get this done. So my husband and I vaccinated my kitty cats. and uh, But otherwise, like, I know for a fact my cats killed that bat. And the only reason that they were able to get a hold of it was because it was not okay. Mm-hmm. And so why are bats not okay? Rabies is on, like, your top, like, three out of five Always. reasons. Mm-hmm. Always. But, yeah. Um, so luckily, they were vaccinated. But had they not been, I would have to be weighing out that 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 scenario of like okay do I let my kids pet these cats for the next six months right what do I do with them for the next six months right how do we survive this you know um 
you could always we decided not to test the rat rabbit uh, the bat for rabies because that um everybody in our environment was vaccinated horses and all um so we just didn't um but uh certainly probably should have uh, and you can get that done for free like you can take them to your state lab wherever you're at like in oklahoma it's odal yeah oklahoma animal diagnostic disease, disease. diagnostic lab yeah yeah yeah, in Stillwater. So, and they will test those animals for free. You can drop off the sample, and uh, which in the case of a bat is the entire bat. Yes, um, and, and bigger animals, it's unfortunately just their head. Just their head, yes, yeah. which is a little bit grim, but yes. also accurate. So, yes. which is just another reason not to be like scary, but honestly, it's scary. So, vaccinate your pets. Yes, please. Please. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah, so um, most. I, I'm sure all, most state labs have it for free, um, so if you have that option, why not? Yeah, yeah better safe than yeah, sorry on something that sorry. can literally mm-hmm. kill you. So yeah. they so want to know just as much as you do. <laughs> yeah, because it is important for oh, just public health awareness. Right. There was a lady in uh, Norman a few years back that a bat flew down and bit her and her bulldog. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That. Actually, I don't know if she got bit, but the bulldog did. Right. It was rabies vaccinated yeah. though. Good. Yeah, Thank but goodness. then they yeah. tested the bat and it was rabid. So. Good grief. Yeah. So, um, you know, even though you think my dog's not really at risk, um, that's just not true. Yeah. I mean, just like that lady. I mean, she was walking her dog. In uh, town. In town. And about broad daylight swooped down and bit her dog. So, you never know. And especially in Oklahoma. I mean, there's plenty of wildlife everywhere. Yeah. Did you know that the... um, the uh, raccoon population is actually denser within city limits than in the, uh, yeah, in the wildlife, yeah, yeah area. Because they're getting into stuff. Yeah, because they like the trash, yeah. um, which is why you should vaccinate all your little dogs in the backyard for lepto. Yes. Yes. If you're a breeder, please stop. Yeah. Please stop uh, telling lepto. your your little dog, um, new puppy parents, that they shouldn't vaccinate for lepto. Lepto is very much needed because um, it's, it's spread through urine uh-huh. um and so of wildlife of wildlife and so i mean they're everywhere and they pee everywhere and then your dogs or cats or whatever walk through it and then they can get lepto um, yeah which is a bacteria yeah and it can make you sick if you touch their mm-hmm. urine yes um so again another zoonotic disease we vaccinate for and back in the day because i, I don't want to date myself Okay. But 20 years ago, okay. <laughs> when I started, started decking, um, the vaccines were a little bit irritating to the patients. Like, we had a lot of reactions where they get the hives or stomach aches and things like that, fevers. Right. Um, now they're just much, much safer. Yeah. I mean, they've really, they, they as, in general, as science, has come a long way with um, making vaccines and their ability to make them safe and effective. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So definitely vaccine rates, uh, reaction rates are probably like one in 10,000 or something, uh, something far, 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 far greater than the odds of you actually getting like the disease mm-hmm. that it would right. be much more likely, like for feeling leukemia for our kitty cats. Um, that's like a, a cat outdoors has like a one in 25 chance of catching leukemia right. and like a one in 10,000 chance of having a leukemia related vaccine reaction. And leukemia is fatal and vaccine reactions, uh, 99 times out of a hundred are not. Are not, right. And we don't yeah. pick these vaccines just to give them. It is, it is a, a weighing the risk versus the benefits. And yeah. if we're recommending it, we've determined that the benefits are, you know, far yeah 
greater than the risks. Yeah, and you know, here at our hospital and in many hospitals, these vaccine protocols are very pet specific. You know, rabies right. isn't. Rabies is like everyone. Everyone. Yes. All 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 pets. Um yeah. But in general, um, you know, we're looking at this situation, how old is your pet? What is their risk? Where do they live? Where do they go? Mm-hmm. You know, and these types of things, if not to determine which vaccines, at least to determine how often do they need them. Right. Yes. So for, for dogs, our core vaccines that we recommend all the time are distemper, adenovi- adenovirus, parvo, and, and rabies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, you know, a couple others that are technically lifestyle vaccines mm-hmm. um, that we recommend like flu and, and bordetella. Yeah. 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 And those are, I think the lifestyle vaccines specifically, <clears throat> you know, all of these things we're considering, but lifestyle ones, we, we call them that because it is extremely variable depending on, does your dog go to the groomer really right. or boarding or stores or do you travel yeah. like, publicly with your dog? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, flu has been a really big deal in Oklahoma uh, since January. Yeah, yeah um, it's when it came to Shawnee, mm-hmm. uh, so central Oklahoma. It started on the outer cusps of it, even right. back like in last October, which October 22. And, uh, you know. Time flies. Wow. It? Yeah. It's been almost a year ago. And so we've never had to vaccinate for flu, and now all of a sudden we do. Right. Um, it's shutting down shelters. Yeah, like for good. Yep. Some of them just flat closed, so there's no more animal shelters in those areas. Right. Which sad. is sad. Very sad. Uh, but flu is a pretty aggressive and, um, like, random, I guess, because I, you don't really know exactly who's going to get super sick. I, I hate I hate saying the word COVID. Right, but... But it is a little bit like that, where it's like, you know, you may not get sick at all, and you may get, like, die. Yeah, yeah. That's how I describe it to clients, and no one likes throwing that word around, COVID. Yeah, um, because, because we're all traumatized. of what happened, but it is very similar, and it's... It's variable, super variable mm-hmm. on am I just going to have a light cough for a week or am I going to be hospitalized long term because and I'm have very, very sick. Pneumonia that scars yeah. your lung tissue. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It is. Um, it, th- I think the one thing that is, is a little bit different, though, from flu to COVID or flu to human flu, for mm-hmm. example, is that it doesn't really mutate much. Right. Like we've had the same two strains. The same vaccines are very effective. And that's been going on since uh, flu first showed up in the States 15 years ago. 2001. Oh, mercy. Two. It's been over two decades. Okay. Well, I lost track of time. I could be lying to you. Somewhere well, yeah. Area. And it kind of flares. It comes and goes. Mm-hmm. So it, a flu actually kind of shut down when COVID happened because people weren't traveling with their right. pets. And so we didn't see a lot of flu. And yeah. then all of a sudden, boom, it's back. Back. Yes. And it, it tends to pop up in states at random. So mm-hmm. like Oklahoma before that did not really have Keenan flu. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's here and we'll always have it now. Yep. Yep. And it comes and goes just in, just like human flu where, where you're, you, you probably had it and your doctor will be like, oh, the flu's going around. And it's like, yep, that's same here. Yeah. Same for dogs. But the vaccine is consistently effective. We don't have to change it year to year and it still works. Right. Right. Yes. So anyway, but if your dog doesn't travel aboard groom, it's it's almost, you know, at non-risk level. Right. And so we don't recommend it necessarily unless yeah. you just... You can definitely get it. You can. Yeah. Um, for the off chance that a random dog comes up to your house mm-hmm. with flu. Um, but it's not necessarily something that we really have to have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going boarding, especially if you're boarding, especially mm-hmm. if you're boarding, it's like you will see us fight tooth and nail to get your dog protected. Yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That and kennel cough, which kennel cough isn't, it's caused by multiple um, 
uh, viruses and bacteria. Yeah. So that's your Bordetella vaccine. And it's it's not typically life-threatening, but it still can be annoying, and it's very contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recommend that one as well. Yeah, and our Bordetella has parainfluenza in it as mm-hmm. well. But there are there's uh, like 10 or 11 known causes of, of kennel cough or infectious tracheitis, as we like to diagnose it in the computer with. Mm-hmm. Um, and not all of them are preventable. So you just prevent what you can. Uh, Bordetella is opportunistic, and so if your dog gets let's say mycoplasma, which is the one of the most common reasons the dogs get kennel cough, right. then the Bordetella will make it so much worse. It's a secondary mm-hmm. um, invader, and it adds to the sickness. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Um, what about for your... So Dr. Estep's a surgeon. That's her... That's her that's passion. I like. Yes, yeah. I like surgery. Yeah. So what about for surgery patients? What are required here? Um, so rabies. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but also DHLPP. Okay. Distemper, hepatitis, lepto, parvo, and parinfluenza. Um, and then flu and bordetella as well. Yeah. yeah. Which if they're going to, yeah, if they're going to stay here, they've got to have the flu and the bordetella. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If they don't have to stay, they don't have to have those. Um, but yeah, when you're going to be messing with trach tubes and up in their mouth and yes. stuff like that, the rabies is a must. And then of course, upper respiratory diseases can be spread that way. Right, so. right. And we have a lot of animals that pass through here in a day. And while we keep everything clean, it's yeah. st- things are still contagious. And mm-hmm. so you want your animal to be protected, even though it's coming here for maybe a minor procedure. Um, you want them to be protected. Yeah, because surgery is going to stress the immune system no matter what. And so you want to make sure that they're set up for the win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, okay, so I think that's kind of all we can cover in one day about vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, if we, uh, as we continue to go down the road of uh, podcasts, we can start breaking these diseases out a little bit. Right, yeah, to describe them. and Yeah, exactly. So more. why are we vaccinating for adenovirus? Like, nobody knows about adenovirus. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what does that A stand for in the vaccine? Or is it an H? Yeah, it's it used, both. Yeah, it used to be herpes virus. So yeah. if you've been around long enough, they all change names. So... Anyway, um, so that's all we have for you guys today. Um, Feel free to, uh, you can always go to our Facebook page and put up any questions you have or send us an email, um, even text us at Northside Veterinary Hospital um, in Shawnee, Oklahoma for any questions you have about what we talked about today or more. And then otherwise, we'll see you next time. Thank you. All right, bye guys. Bye.